Hello and welcome to Dunktown, the podcast where we learn about basketball one game at a time. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Agata. And today we have an extra special guest. You know him from The Ringer and the mismatch on the NBA podcast. It's Kevin O'Connor. Hey, what's up? Hey, Hi. thank How you are for you having doing? me. I'm of doing course. great. Um, thank you for coming on. We're we uh it's been a long time coming. We've wanted to have you on for so long. <laughs> That's um, so we're really excited about this. No, thank you for having me. I'm sorry I didn't happen sooner. You know, no, <laughs> it's I, fine. no worries. Yeah, I mean, uh, stuff. This whole year, so much stuff has come mm. up <laughs> um, on both our ends. So, I mean, it's understandable. But uh, first off, how did you get into basketball? Let's get to your basketball history. So, um, you know, maybe like in 97, 98, I was born in 1990. So I was a little, a little kid around the time Paul Pierce started playing for the Celtics. Um, that's when my interest really sort of peaked, you know, initially, um, I remember my dad took me to Brock. I grew up in Brockton, Massachusetts, and we went to like this Celtics practice that happened at the high school in our city and watching the team play like Antoine Walker was there. Paul Pierce was there, all these, you know. Celtics of my youth and they like signed like some, you know, poster I had and I love watching the game, just how beautiful it was um, with so many fun athletic players is unlike baseball, which was really the first sport that I loved um, where it's a bit slower. And I did, do, did love baseball growing up, but basketball was just so different. And my dad would take me to Celtics games growing up all the time and um, just always had a great time doing that. And I don't know, it just sort of is something that I always had ever since I was maybe nine, 10 years old. And, you know, kept growing and growing and growing and in terms of how much I loved it over the years. Amazing. You, you also, I mean, I'm sure with that team, it was especially exciting time to get into it and like going to games and stuff. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Is, um, especially when they, I mean, I think my, before the Celtics got Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and 07, um, the 0607 season when the Celtics lost like 18 or 19 games in a row. I love that season. Like my dad and I watched every game when they stunk. And it's like, <laughs> you know, they were they were so bad. Like they were just really like a straight up bad team. One of those bad teams where like everybody's like, they should trade the star player. They should trade Paul Pierce. And I just remember that year thinking like, yeah, maybe they should trade Paul Pierce because <laughs> they were in the dumpster and they were so bad and it felt like they had no hope. And then that was the draft with Greg Oden and uh, Kevin Durant. Mm. Got neither of them. And then somehow just pulls this miracle out, getting Ray Allen on draft night. You're not sure what the Celtics are going to do. Then you trade for Kevin Garnett amidst all these rumors of every other team, the Lakers, Suns, and others trying to trade for him. And you get KG and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. It just like that was the funnest year for like for me as a sports fan and like as a Celtics fan specifically growing up because I don't know, you you saw how quickly it can turn around. Yeah, and I, I think that's something like as a writer, I've always tried to. It's like when people say I lean positive sometimes on the podcast and writing, it's like because every every team is like a couple good moves away from being in it. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I, I think it's it's hard to find those right moves and so much it's about timing. But I don't know. It was just so fun watching those Celtics teams because even when they stunk, they were fun. And I think that's really a testament of how fun the sport of basketball is, even if your team's not winning games. It'd still be enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. How, how did you get involved with the ringer? 
Um, in 2016, I was doing my own thing, freelancing a whole bunch of different places um, while I was still living in Brockton, Massachusetts at the time. I'm back there now, but um, I was in Brockton freelancing with like NBC Sports Boston, then known as Comcast Sports in New England and a bunch of places online, Celtics blog on SB Nation. And I don't know, they, they, I was doing my own NBA draft guide with like scouting reports of all uh, the draft prospects, the top 100 players and the ringer, I guess, noticed that and we're like, Hey, you know, maybe get, bring him along and see what he can do. So they contacted me in July of 2016. And a couple of weeks later, I was flying to LA for like a, a NBA meeting with, you know, all the people there, you know, that I read at Grantland and all baby. that. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Like I, I stayed at uh, I stayed at the Mama Shelter in L.A. Like, oh my god, you know, I love that place. Yeah, it's like the weirdest place. So I was like, my, it was like I landed at the weird. airport. Yeah, landed at the airport, and then I, you know, I'm so excited. I see palm trees for the first time in my life, <laughs> <laughs> and then they take me to Mama Shelter. It's like. <laughs> It's, it's what weird. Is this? It's, like, it's, it's, yeah. like, it's like a Keith Richards book in the hotel room, Star Wars masks. <laughs> oh, I've never place. seen the I've never seen the hotel rooms. I didn't the, know the, that there was the, weird the, stuff. The rooms are very odd. <laughs> <laughs> Good to very know. Yeah. yeah. And they have a they have a great rooftop, which oh, I yeah, have the, been the to. The rooftop's great. Yeah. yeah. The rooftop's really nice there. But um yeah, so it was it was crazy and yeah, it's been um been crazy since I'm, I'm i'm loving what i'm doing i love this place and the people i work with nice um i i love that you are maybe leaning positive i feel like yeah i personally like when especially with sports because there's so many people who are kind of uh negative or like have mm. hot yeah. takes and like yeah i'm so sick of hearing everyone whining about refs all the time i feel like that's like 80 percent of the conversation <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's yeah. just a part of the game and i would rather get over it be excited about something yeah it's exactly much more fun to read and listen to yeah no doubt i mean i feel like i remember thinking to myself so i felt my celtics fandom change and I, and I felt it change, you know, pretty early on. Like I started, my first article was published in March 2013. And I felt it like after a year, I was like, my relationship with the Celtics has changed. You know, at the time I was still rooting for the team. I, like, I was loving watching games with my dad. And, and, but it was starting to become a little bit different in 2014. And then quickly, it's like, I'm not rooting for the Celtics in the same way as the person when I look at my Facebook post history that's like <laughs> f lebron it's like you know like saying all this stuff like go celtics in all capital letters with like 50 exclamation points after a big win like arguing with people about rajon rondo versus chris paul like that person didn't exist anymore but i feel like nobody my love, should look back on old facebook posts no, I mean, there's nothing good in, but that, nothing but good in there but that's like the hardest core fandom and i felt that my whole life yeah. ever since i was like eight nine ten years old and then it kind of just went away it 23 24 but i do feel like my love for the celtics really just kind of spread out over the 30 teams and and i i find myself enjoying watching you know the 28th best team in the nba more than i ever would have when i was like just a celtics fan so i feel like yeah you know i don't know i i think for me it's just the love hasn't gone away i don't think it ever will but uh, I guess for some people, when they lose their fandom, they also kind of lose what might have made them tick and, you know, kind of grasp onto the game growing up because that's what, you know, you get into it for. That's why, you know, it's so right. fun to talk about it. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, we're we're pretty short term fans compared to most people, but like it does seem like more recently, 
the trend is more of like what you're talking about as far as paying attention to way more teams, not being so locked onto one specific team, um, especially with how players are like swapping around and changing all the time. Like it doesn't make sense to limit yourself in that way and be like, I only like the Celtics and I will only care about the Celtics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When there's all this other fun, exciting stuff happening everywhere else. Yeah. And, and the fact that like it's easier now than ever before to watch other teams you know like when i was growing up it was like you pretty much just get the local games or the nationally televised ones so like of course i was a suns fan uh (laughs) but now it's like well you can you can like see what other you know that being said they need to make it even easier to watch all of the games yeah because it's still so hard (laughs) And like League League Pass is like better than it was before. Uh, It's definitely improved, but I feel like even like if you use it on your laptop, if you have two games open, it gives you like a lower, you know, quality video. It's like that shouldn't shouldn't happen. Like there's little (laughs) things like that. It's it's like there's still a ways to go for this product to be as good as it can be. And never mind the fact that like on I host a podcast called Ringer NBA University this week. Um, I do it every other week with Jay Kyle Mann and Jonathan Charks. And this week we had a guest, Sirit Sohi um, from Yahoo on. We were talking about League Pass and she's like, how do we not have like an NBA red zone? Like they have NFL red zone for the one o'clock and four o'clock games. How do they not have that? And I think it's like the actual answer is there's like a contractual reason because you have 30 networks that you have to work with rather than just like CBS and Fox for the NFL. However, that doesn't change the fact that you should have something like that for a sport as awesome as basketball. Right. Especially like, Let's be honest, basketball, sometimes at the end of the game, it can drag with timeouts. Mm-hmm. And like there's that one minute break where you could go to a different game <laughs> and, and then just yeah. splice back as soon as it's time to go. It would be so fun. Yeah. And yeah. So if they it's ever true. have that, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's a, uh, I, I, someone responded to the tweets. What do you think about these names? I thought about how about calling it NBA fast break because like it's, it's a fast break. There's like no breaks in the action. <laughs> and then someone um, else tweeted me saying, how about NBA crunch time? Because crunch time, like, is always called like referred to basketball NBA right. crunch time. I think either of those could be really, I'd, I'd tune into that every single night. <laughs> uh, you're giving away your ideas. Yeah. Right here. I mean, gotta, you're going to get ripped off. I know Adam Silver <laughs> listens to our show. He does. He does. He emails us every week with tips. <laughs> He's always telling us who he'd kiss. And <laughs> Adam. Ad- yeah. Adam's got probably, I-, I wonder what podcast Adam listens to. What's this burner account that he actually tweets from? <laughs> You know, I know, I know there was a couple of years ago, there was like the, there was like some account people thought was his on Twitter, but it was really? locked. I wonder like, what's his like trolling account? Yeah. <laughs> He's got to have one, right? Or at least his assistant yeah. does to tell him all the goss. Yeah. <laughs> Who does Adam Silver talk basketball with where he's like, you didn't watch that game last night? He's just talking like straight up real. I wonder but, if, he, if yeah. he actually does that. <laughs> but also like so much stuff happens online now and like all these stories break on Twitter and stuff. So I'm sure like, I'm sure he gets briefed at least. Yeah, he has to know <laughs> yeah. what's going on, what players are doing or whatever. Where, who's at which strip club? I, like, I what's going on? Yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> people who work for teams find out things from Woj and Shams. Yeah, that's know, true. The reporters. Yeah. So it's like, I, I would be willing to bet that applies to Adam Silver too. In terms of news stuff, gossip, I mean, I bet he hears more than we'll ever know about. Oh, I'm so <laughs> jealous. I want to be yeah. in on that pipeline. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam um, Silver. 
Speaking of, we we always ask people this question. Um, who would you kiss who's currently in the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, nobody, but I have nobody. My, basketball, my basketball crushes that I like watching their games. <laughs> nobody I would kiss, though. <laughs> Is it anyone who's like, who really wants to kiss you and you'd be like, all right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Can I change sports? <laughs> the, the person is giving me the, the most happiness in life, the guy who just won his seventh Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Growing up a, pa- a spoiled Patriots fan, he's been part of some of my favorite moments with my dad growing up. So um, that's, the, that's the answer I'd give there. <laughs> Mr. Tom Brady. Did you see yep, all the yep. videos of him just like junk, drunkenly strolling around? Oh I saw him God. throwing the trophy in a river or something. He was, I've never seen Tom Brady in that state of mind. <laughs> Seriously. He's like, I, I got plenty of these. I don't, Who cares if it drops in the water? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe that. I watched that and got nervous. But hey, it's Tom Brady. He's amazing. So you still, I, I know a bunch of Pats fans who are like who were really rooting against the Bucks, but no. you still love him. No, I mean I, I Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl when I was eleven years old. Oh my goodness. And and I'm thirty now. And like I watched him win six with my dad before he passed away last year. And like this year it's like weird watching some sports, you know, without him, especially basketball yeah. and football, specifically Tom Brady. But it's like I, I would never like that, like everything that happened, I don't care about him leaving. Like the, I, like you, you mentioned in passing earlier about the idea of like basketball is very much sometimes watching players. Almost mm-hmm. you can watch players as much as you watch teams. Like you can be a hardened fan and love the Rockets, and now you love the Nets. Mm-hmm. But and I think with football, I kind of found the second wave of Super Bowls in the early two thousands when the Patriots were winning, and I was a little boy who's so spoiled as a sports fan. It was about the team. It was the New England Patriots had this great quarterback in Tom Brady. But then as years go by and it's like I'm a teenager and then I'm a young adult and then I graduate college and I'm, you know, becoming a man and I'm still watching games with my dad all the time. Then it's suddenly like the relationship with the player changes. I would imagine similar for Yankees fans with Derek Jeter or Lakers fans with Kobe Bryant or any any athlete who's with one franchise for a long time. It's so unusual today that it became about Tom Brady's legacy more than anything else. So uh, it's uh, really interesting to me that a lot of Patriots fans rooted against him because i don't see how it couldn't be about about him and rooting for him to have his continued legacy because i think it only builds on what makes that run so special over 20 years so i don't know it's cool it's It's that like old school mentality though of like my patriots and that's it yeah yeah you're out you're you're dead to me (laughs) yeah it's almost like i have the nba fan logic you know and then approaching it it's kind of the old school fan logic like, like you're saying the people who are rooting against him more of a the jersey than the the player itself, but I don't know. I, I just think it's special, even though we left at the end. It's so wild. Like, how often are we going to see these young NBA players stay with their franchises for so long? I, I don't know how many of that we're going. Can we guarantee Luca's going to be another Dirk? Can you guarantee Zion's going to stay no. in New Orleans? I don't know. It's crazy. I don't. I. I mean, I can't see Luca staying for his entire career. I don't think so. I feel like Dame is the only one who has like flat out said like I want to be with Portland forever. Mm, that's that's a good point yeah, yeah but damn. but he's the only 
and and personally i'm like that's stupid <laughs> <laughs> like because yeah, he deserves a ring in. he's go so the good yeah i agree yeah. but there. also you know it's uh, admirable in its own way like he he loves portland and wants to stay there and that uh, that's really sweet for sure I guess it's about priorities ultimately. Like, yeah. uh, it sort of relates to what we talked about earlier with Kevin Garnett and Paul and Ray Allen going to the Celtics. Kevin Garnett was in Minnesota his whole career. They had some great runs early on, but then they started losing. And they, 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 he could have left multiple times or tried to push his way out. And he didn't because he was so loyal to the franchise. Like there will be a guy in this generation. Maybe it could be honest. Like if the Bucks don't win it at some point, it's like, do you continue on with this franchise and can't get it right around you? Or do you stay? And hopefully for Giannis, he does win. I want to see Giannis win. It'd be right. amazing yeah. to see him win. I want to but. see him win in, Mo- in Milwaukee for sure. And he, I mean, he's he said that he wants to stay, but I don't know if that's like a full career. Yeah, is that yeah. just yeah. two more years? Yeah. Is that yeah. right. until he gets really yeah. frustrated and then he's like, okay, fuck this. But like, <laughs> But also, like, why? Why? Why should he? Like, he's he has no connection to Milwaukee. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's not like where his family is or anything. Like, it doesn't make sense. In but, some ways, though, like he was like he came here as like a teenager, like and like like you know he himself has said like he kind of grew up there and became you know a dad and all that. Right. So Milwaukee does hold some sentimental value to him right. for the franchise that drafted him some skinny, lanky you know Greek kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody knew what it was like. But like to your point, though. Does that outweigh the desire as like an athlete who's working as hard as they possibly can to try to win a championship or or you know reach the greatest heights that they that they aspire to? And that's what we'll see. I mean, I'm glad he signed that contract extension with the Bucks, um, but we've seen we've seen things these things go great. We've seen them turn into championships. We've also seen them go sour. It's all going to be yeah. about what do the Bucks do around him on that roster? Right. It, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I, I definitely think like within five years, he's going to be somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, unless they do something The drastic. man wants to win. <laughs> like the way that he like yells in people's faces when he dunks on them. That's a, that's a winner. That's a the, man. The, the you can't mug. say that. <laughs> yeah. The, the, those mean mugs are for real. Those are very mean. <laughs> Imagine that happening to you. Like if you get in his way at like Trader Joe's. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> You grab the last mac and cheese balls, and he's like, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> I would be like, "Oh, for me, <laughs> you're mean mugging me." I think Giannis would be nice in that situation. He'd give it up yeah. and say, "Here you go." <laughs> that's when he. That's when he'd flash his huge smile. It's the two extremes: the mean mug to the, the big, lovable smile of Giannis under the kumpo. <laughs> I either way, I'd give him the. Yeah, he could have my mac and cheese <laughs> it's true i don't need them um so did you did you watch uh uncut gems um yes i did uh, how'd you, I saw how'd it you just think? in theaters i think and that's it, it how'd you it feel was, about his acting but, kg's acting <laughs> uh, K, kg was really good and i want to see him in more stuff me too <laughs> yeah. he was great he was like a very believable actor which is hard for athletes i think oh yeah it's like he was playing himself but he played like he, people can be told to play themselves on camera and then they freeze up but like he was kg to the yeah. fullest and, and you could plug he that had emotion movies. like he yeah. really had to yeah. deliver some 
emotion there. Did you see he, uh, Bo- Boban and John Wick? <laughs> oh my God, yes. We should we should cover that for an episode. We should. I yeah. still haven't seen it, actually. Oh, it's so good. I know. It's so good. We got to watch get, it. Try to get Boban on the pod. Who knows? Oh my God, I wish. <laughs> I would die. We, had a, we got a cameo from him. Gabe got us a cameo as a present and it was very sweet. We're obsessed with him. I mean, that who is, is it? <laughs> Perfect human being. When he, like, when he said our names in the cameo, I I like nearly fainted. I swooned. <laughs> I got that at Anastasia. That was bad. It was very sweet. Bad impression. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I hope KG does some more acting. I, I feel so like too. we should cast him in a movie. Yeah, we should write something for him. Yeah. <laughs> Just write a part out. Hey, you never know. He might land him. Yeah. For um, a first feature film for KG, right? Yeah. Well, he's he's too big time for us now, I guess. Mm. Is Who's the best, and like we've talked about this before, but the best NBA player slash actor, the best actor who is also an NBA player? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, like um, Ray Allen. Ray Allen was... was we still haven't seen... Um, he Got Game. He Got Game. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, good movie. I haven't seen it in years. I have a horrible movie memory. Like, I, for whatever reason, like I can't, I can't remember like movies, like scenes and whatnot. But I, I saw it years ago. It's very, very good, and his acting was good. I think LeBron's pretty good. LeBron is good. Yeah, yeah. He was, I mean, we'll see in Space Jam how, how when he's tested in his limits <laughs> when he's playing against a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I think it's he, good. so far he he was good in. The Amy Schumer movie. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Space Jam's good too. If it's bad, it's going to break so many hearts. I mean, I, I, I would not, I try not to set expectations of the movies, but it's unavoidable. Like it, it only happens. My expectations are not high, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, if it surpasses it at all, awesome. Like I hope we get a fun LeBron movie with a cool story, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Like didn't they like change directors super late in the process or something? Yeah, that's never, it that's was never a good sign. A mess. They yeah. rewrote the movie like a million times. Oh, yeah, it was that's bad. That's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. That, but, can't, um, that can't bode well. <laughs> Blake Griffin also really good. Oh yeah, he's a pretty good yeah. actor. Yeah. I mean, it's sad to say, but like he's he does not look good this season. And like I, I feel like for him, I say sad to say that because it's so fun to watch him play as a basketball player. It's sad to see him not be a dunker and you know, all that above the rim dude. But he's one of those people where it's like, I feel like he has so much ahead of him. Like yeah. in his post career. He's fu- he's actually legitimately funny. Imagine he, he focused all his energy into that. Like late nights, instead of watching film, it's like late nights, just chilling out, thinking of funny jokes, uh, you know, and like <laughs> yeah. r- trying to write stuff. I-, I feel like Blake could have a really cool post career doing comedy or acting or or whatever. He's he's, yeah, he's, a, for he's sure. a cool person. Do you think he's kind of? It feels right now like he's sort of given up a little bit, and I know he's just probably bummed being in Detroit and everything. But yeah, but I, you know. I just can't imagine that he would just retire anytime soon. You know, I think it, I think every player is different in the sense that, like, you see some guys who were once superstars that end up being like average players, and they stick around within that role. Like Vince Carter was average for you know the last three, four ish years, and but he committed to the role and was a productive player still within his you know own capabilities at the time. With Blake, 
I'm not sure how effective he is right now. And uh, and like, it just really stinks to say that because of how awesome he was just a couple years ago. I mean, the last time he was healthy with with Detroit, that first full season, he was an all-star, like all-NBA caliber guy. Yeah. Right. I just think with him, it's just one too many injuries. It's like just over, 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 over again that has just derailed him of his athleticism. And maybe he can figure it out and adapt to his new limitations, but like it doesn't look good, and I don't know. I, I I hate seeing guys decline like that. So it's really a matter of can he power through this, or is this who he is? And it's like you know what, like why why bother looking like this on the court? And you know when there's so much more that you know that he loves doing. So I, I hope right. for him. I hope he turns it around though. I, I want to see Blake close the year strong. Guys can get better. Yeah. yeah, and I think we will see like more you know, acting, comedy, all that stuff from him because he loves it and he's excited about it. Recently, there was... I can't remember what it was. Maybe Gabe remembers, but it was... There was a panel, a comedy panel, and it's like, come watch this virtual comedy panel and Blake was on there. (laughs) I know he was... He did the, like, Toronto comedy... Just for laughs. Yeah, he did that before. But this was, like, pretty recent. This was, like, within... Uh, maybe a couple months ago and um i someone posted it and was like okay so blake's just like officially a comedian now he's like on the <laughs> panel so he should start doing like uh comedy clubhouses then yeah <laughs> some of those right for real he should just it's- get your um background your brick background <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> practice do a couple sets <laughs> yeah my, my fake my fake bricks <laughs> Cover on the green screen. <laughs> I love exposing the bricks. <laughs> it's funny, like you, you say the brick looked like a comedy cellar. Bill Simmons said the same thing the second he saw those. It was like you're in the cellar of a comedy club. <laughs> so it really does look like it. <laughs> it's great. I, I want one now. Yeah. You didn't have oh, to Amazon, expose yourself, though. You could have been like, it's yeah, okay. I live in a brick building. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a comedy cellar right now. <laughs> Um, okay, should we talk about the news? <laughs> sure, let's talk about the news. <laughs> so uh, we do a little segment where we wrap up the week's news in tidy little headlines called Previously on Basketball. Previously on Veronica Mars. Basketball. Oh, I nice. love Veronica Mars. <laughs> I know, I love Veronica Mars. Also, um, wasn't the recent season partially written by Kareem? He was on the, yeah, he was on the writing staff. So cool. All we right. should cover it. We should we, cover it. <laughs> we're always, we're lo- so, Kevin, we, uh, we're not covering the current NBA season because we don't agree with their COVID protocols. So we're, <laughs> we're just like grasping for anything that's tangentially related to, to basketball. Yeah, anyway. we're, we're not watching games. So we're just like, let's Protesting. watch movies let's watch john wick three let's watch veronica mars <laughs> the most recent season even though it was bad honestly oh hey it's content yeah it's content baby uh, gabe write that down <laughs> all right see i'm writing it down <laughs> <laughs> that's gabe writing it down <laughs> NBA issues national anthem mandate after Mark Cuban halts the tradition at Mavs home games. Too many moves in the WNBA to list them all, but most importantly, Amanda Zowie B has signed with the Sparks. Renee Montgomery announces her retirement after 11 seasons in the WNBA. The G League kicks off its delayed season in the Orlando bubble. 
Bulls, Zach Levine, and Kobe White become the first teammates to each hit at least eight three-pointers in a game. The Thunder's Lou Dort has some wild defense moves on LeBron James. Liz Cambage's Valentine's Day photo shoot has us going... Boy, 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 boy. <laughs> 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 Let's look at Liz Cambage, uh, please. <laughs> Have you seen this, Kevin? Oh, oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I believe so. I no, saw it on her Instagram story. I thought it was something else. I saw the news, but not the video. <laughs> the news? I mean, I saw like ESPN tweets about it, but not oh, the video. Right. She had uh, a couple photos too that were like. Uh, just sexy. Very sexy. Very sexy. Liz? <laughs> I mean, that's my girl. I love her. Um, we support her in all of her moves. Every endeavor has been great. <laughs> yeah. Except for she did go to like Bora Bora or something. So, oh, no. I don't know. No, Liz? <laughs> it was like for some brand deal, but... Mm. Maybe uh, don't infect Bora Borans. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe try that. Um, Lou Dort, what what is this video? I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, let's watch this. Lou Dort. Also, shout out to Canadian Lou Dort. Clock down as far as possible. LeBron has it, and Dort is reaching. He's just like grabbing at his face. He's doing the. He's doing the. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. That's exactly what he's doing. He's like so close to LeBron's face. That's a perfect way to put it. It's true. Very obnoxious. Like when your little brother is like trying to annoy you. Um, but yeah, you that was shout out to Dort. That's that's my Canadian friend. And it and it worked too. Like LeBron didn't uh make that shot. So Nope. Lou, Lou Dort, he's having a fun season for OKC, building on uh his uh hardened, you know, defense last yeah. year in the bubble. He's a fun player. OKC's okay, so been fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh our baby Shay Gilgis Alexander, such a fun player to watch. <laughs> I love him. Also, Lou Dort is just fun to say. Dort? It's a great name. We'll, Dort. Yeah. So this let's talk about this national anthem thing because I saw that I I saw that Mark Cuban said that they're not gonna do it. And then I guess the NBA what is is this a video game? No, this it's oh. the statement. The statement. Um with NBA teams now in the process of welcoming fans back into the arenas, all teams will play the national anthem in keeping with longstanding league policy. Okay, so basically they're like, Mark Cuban, we don't care if you're a billionaire, you will play the national anthem <laughs> because we don't want, you know, like MAGA chuds coming after us about how the NBA is un-American. Yeah. Which I, which I don't think like anybody really was coming after the NBA, which is the weird part. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I, I Like I remember... Like on like on the know like watching games with my dad when I was young like I remember going to Celtics games thinking like I remember asking him like for games like why do they play this and he's like I don't know it's just something we do I was like why though yeah it's just something we do like being the why why like asking why it's like <laughs> there's there's never really a good answer it's like it's just something they've always been doing since I was I was young too I was yeah. like oh okay and. I don't know. I mean, it's there really is no answer why when other countries really don't do this before every game. But in North mm-hmm. America, it's more common in you know United States and Canada. But I yeah. don't know. It's kind of odd. This whole it's this weird. Whole week, I'm surprised the NBA 
did what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I grew up in Texas um, and we had to we had to say every single morning we had to say the Texas anthem. We all had to stand up and say it in, in unison. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that fucked up? That's so crazy. What's the Texas anthem? Um, See, it didn't even work. <laughs> I, it's, <laughs> it's, I can't remember. I At some point, I remember I would like... I st- I refuse to say it anymore. I would just like stand up. You just kind of you just kind of mumble along a little bit while it was set, being said by others. <laughs> when I w- like, I'm old enough that w- you had to s- do the pledge of allegiance and sing the national anthem every morning in elementary school, mm-hmm. and then by the time I was done with elementary school, that was over. But it just seems like ridiculous, especially since. NBA players come from all over the place now. Mm. They're not all American. So, right. Yeah. Okay. So, after the NBA was like, no, you have to do it, Mark Cuban released a statement that said, We respect and always have respected the passion people have for the anthem in our country, but we also loudly hear the voices of those who feel that the anthem does not represent them. We feel that their voices need to be respected and heard because they have not been going forward. Our hope is that people will take the same passion they have for this issue and apply the same amount of energy to listen to those who feel differently from that. Pretty strong statement back from Mark even. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like clearly he's disagreeing with their decision. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't say it directly, but I don't know, it's, a, it's a weird situation. I, I, like I said, I'm just kind of shocked the NBA did what it did. Like, I, it's odd that it's mandatory to do it in the right. first place, but... Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how things change over the coming years. Like Mark Cuban at some point, probably going to make his presidential run someday. <laughs> 2024, <laughs> oh, 2028. For yeah, someday sure. He's inevitably going to do it someday for in the future. Sure. So yeah. uh, we'll see how culture and society changes <laughs> over the course of time. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I, I didn't see like any stuff. Like there's no like Fox News controversy. Right. Uh, the other, from what I understand, I, I yeah. didn't see much of it. So I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really I, dig into it, but I didn't see any any outrage over it either. Yeah, which is unusual nowadays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm shocked that it's a policy. I just thought it was like tradition, and that's why yeah. teams did it. I didn't realize that it's actually an NBA policy. Yeah, and like I don't know, it's it does seem silly to for that to be something that the NBA cared to respond to before there was any outrage or anything so maybe they were just trying to get ahead of it yeah like no you can't do this we don't want we don't we just don't want the headache yeah maybe what's what's also odd though is the fact that they didn't say anything about it until after there was stories written about like i almost wonder if the nba didn't know (laughs) that they weren't (laughs) we talked earlier about adam silver's getting all this intel maybe nobody realized dallas isn't playing the national anthem until it was reported i think tim cato from the athletic was the first who uh actually broke that but um yeah it's just a weird weird storyline i never expected that to go the way it did it, it is weird. It, yeah, it is weird. But it's also like, I mean, it's good that it was reported on because otherwise, like yeah. the whole point would be like just lost. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tim does awesome work at The Athletic. He's that that dude could report about politics, you know, like 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 real, like real, like non-sports, you know, like real <laughs> like deep actual stuff. news. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like, like Tim Kato is like, super talented at what he does. I, I admire him and the work he puts in. Like, it's no surprise somebody like him gets that gets that story and mm-hmm. writes it, writes it in the good way that he did. That's awesome. Um, all right. Let's move into our mail basket. You got mail. 
Today we have an email from Allison in the Bay Area. Allison says, Hi, Dunktown. I just learned that the current Houston Rockets logo was designed by Oscar-winning designer Iko Ishioka, who I know of because she designed the extremely sick costumes for Francis Ford Coppola's 1992 Dracula movie. <laughs> G- Gabe's showing us visuals. <laughs> yeah. That's so uh, cool. Those costumes are sick. Very cool. Uh, my first question is, do you know of any other team logos that were designed by interesting people? My real question is, which classic movie, Monster, would you w- most want to see dunk a basketball? <laughs> Thank you for your excellent <laughs> show. I look forward to it every Wednesday. Very cute. Thank you, Allison. Classic Monster. I automatically am thinking Frankenstein's monster. He's so tall. He's got the height. <laughs> He's got the height. Yeah. But he's also stiff. I don't know if he could like dunk. I feel like he wouldn't have to work that hard. He could just reach. <laughs> he could just tip it in. He's not mobile. He can't switch pick and rolls. Like he can't switch onto a right. guard. But by like you throw him the ball near the rim, he can dunk for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a situational player. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess with Teen Wolf, the Ooh. Teen Wolf argument is that a werewolf could dunk. But there's no other evidence. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't... There's no reason why a werewolf could dunk. Yeah, the movie doesn't explain what about making him a werewolf makes him better at basketball. I mean, it's a huge plot hole. He doesn't get bigger, <laughs> taller, stronger. He's just hairier. Yeah. So maybe by that logic, the hairier you are, the better you are dunking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a... Um, answer for interesting people who designed a logo. Okay. And there was a recent uh, San Francisco Chronicle article about Dustin Canelan who designed the town, which I'm actually, oddly enough, wearing my the town t-shirt, <laughs> the town jerseys for uh, the Golden State Warriors. And it's a very interesting article. I highly recommend everyone read it. And we'll put a link in our, our show notes. Um, but he's a really interesting designer and he, uh, is from Oakland, uh, born and raised. And I'm pretty sure that was the year that the Warriors announced they were leaving Oakland. So he was feeling very passionate about, uh, Oakland. And like the joke is that everyone in the Bay area calls San Francisco, the city. Um, you don't actually say San Francisco that much. You say, I'm going into the city or I work in the city. And so the joke is that Oakland is then the town, uh, which is weird because it's actually bigger and (laughs) has a bigger population. (laughs) And and it has like the little oak tree, which is actually the municipal logo of Oakland. And that shirt meant so much to Warriors fans at the time because it really honored Oakland. Uh, which is kind of the, you know, redheaded stepchild of the Bay Area in a lot of ways. So that article's so good. Dustin Cannelan's an interesting guy. He also talks so much shit about the Warriors move to San Francisco, which <laughs> is great. And it's just a good logo, too. Good soon tight. Sorry. Um, do you know of any other logos that have good stories, Kevin? 
Um, didn't the Nets, like their one of their jerseys uh, this season, get designed by someone like Kyrie Irving knows? I, I believe their court and their jersey was designed by somebody. I'm not sure oh, of the really? name off the top of my head, but it's like I love the way the court looks. A lot of people don't like the jerseys. I don't really um, mind them too much, but the court's like beautiful. It's like kind of artsy looking, and um, I think it looks great, and it reflects the game of basketball and you know how beautiful it is. So I'm, I'm into it, but I forget I forget the name off the top of my head. And it was the jersey, not the logo. I like the the courts too. The I the like the jerseys net. and the courts. Yeah, looks great. People are doing. No, I don't love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the way it looks for the court though. The jerseys, uh, you know, they're they're fine, but the court looks dope. Yeah, I'm pretty sure these were inspired by Basquiat, right? But I can't remember who the designer is. But it like the. Um, inspiration behind it i thought was really cool and they yes. they had a good story for that yeah, the court looks cool yeah it's so yeah. cool teams are doing really cool stuff with courts court technology has gotten better maybe <laughs> court <laughs> technology. So they, they have to make up for not having fans there now i suppose you know yeah. and do what they can like the celtics have the banners down and all that yeah um i want to I want to submit for the monsters who can dunk um, category Nosferatu. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be funny. <laughs> uh, it would be funny. <laughs> first of all. And you know, he's got like either he turns into a bat or like has bat elements. So maybe he could like fly yeah. the ball to the basket. Mm. <laughs> also maybe the monster from the mist. <gasps> he's really <laughs> have you a- seen the mist kevin <laughs> probably years ago my oh, movie man. memory is really bad like i have like all my grades like in <laughs> like the movie like letterbox <laughs> and I-, I checked that as my brain oh <laughs> I did see that's a that good idea I gave it actually i gave it an eight out of ten or like in letterbox it's the five but yeah that's 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 my brain <laughs> i really identify with this with you because I have a horrible memory and I will forget completely forget like shows and movies I've seen. It's fun though, because I like to watch movies over and over again. And it's like Agata seeing it for the first time every time. Yeah. So it is really fun. <laughs> uh, That's perfect. Then. Yeah, it works. And the, and in the mist, there's this, we just watched it recently. There's this like giant squid tentacle monster tentacle thing, mm-hmm. which that seems like a great thing to like, use on a court you know it's got you gotta maneuver the tentacles it's got little suctions it can like really grip the ball Mm -hmm. it's got a bunch of arms yeah so yeah i think that's actually a great answer it's crazy like when i hear movie monsters like my mind doesn't like suddenly bring up a list of monsters <laughs> from movies. Like it's like blank. In fact, so, like w- when you think like movie monsters, does your does your brain immediately think of like four or five? Like, how, like like in that sense, when it comes to remembering movies, I'm like the exact opposite of you. I have an excellent movie memory. Mm, my my like recall is super bad. Like I'll forget my friend's name sometimes (laughs) but like wow (laughs) but i i can remember movie stuff really well and so i immediately think of like categories of monsters like because there's the classic you know warner brothers monsters like frankenstein and wolfman and you know uh dracula and stuff the mummy mummy would be horrible at dunking Mm -hmm. i think yeah 
he would like break his arm you couldn't see it yeah you can't see (laughs) (laughs) gabe what do you think do you have any um any monsters yeah yeah how about mothra (laughs) okay so like the godzilla (laughs) japanese monster category first of all (laughs) We know Godzilla can dunk because he played yeah. against Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> We've all seen it. We've seen it. Yeah. The the evidence is out there. Yeah. <laughs> he can dunk. Mothra would be great because he also would just like be flying around, grab the ball, put it in. Easy. Yeah. Is that even a dunk though? That seems like a <laughs> cheat. That seems like a cheat at a dunk. Who knows? Rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, thank you, Allison, for your great questions. If you guys want us to discuss your questions, you can always email us at hiaduncktown or leave us a message at 903-420-DUNK. And, you know, tell us about what's going on with your team or ask us something crazy. Yeah. I'll take anything. <laughs> I love the crazy questions. <laughs> Me actually. too. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, just uh, everything we're doing at the ringer. I think our NBA staff is having an awesome season. Uh, I feel like we're getting better and better all the time. And um, yeah, so at ringer on Twitter and Instagram and check out all our stuff there and definitely listen to the mismatch um, with me and Chris Ferner, which is every Tuesday and Friday. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Anastasia, is there anything you want to plug? Oh, yes. Um, I want to plug an Instagram account uh at black forager um it's this woman named alexis nicole nelson she is a forager so she like goes out into the woods and gathers stuff and then she cooks it and so it's like both uh you're watching like a cooking show and you're learning about foraging and what you can eat in the forest but she's also insanely funny and sings little songs and stuff and i'm not a forager and I don't even cook that much, <laughs> but it's so entertaining to watch her. So there was one meal that she made that was like pancakes made out of a flower of something that she collected. And then she made bark syrup. Mm. So she like got bark from a tree and made syrup out of it somehow. <laughs> I just pulled up her what? page. There's like a- acorn pancakes. Ooh, acorn like, pancakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would try it. She's I'm definitely a, like binge watch her Instagram page. <laughs> you should. She's so funny too. It's like it's very entertaining. But also, I want to eat all of the stuff that she makes. It looks so <laughs> yeah. good. I got Columbus, it. Ohio. Wow. Oh, and also she lives in Columbus, so she's wow. like foraging like in a town, not even like out in the middle of nowhere. She's like in the bushes behind a like Ralph's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to plug. So I've gotten really into matcha lately, which um, there's there's so much to learn about it, um, and I've learned that you have to well, you have to have all the little like. You got to have the little bowl. You got to have the little whisk. You have to have the right kind of powder because there's all kinds of different ones. And I spent a long time looking through a bunch of stuff and then I ended up buying one that sucked. So the, I just, I asked a friend of mine who knows way more, um, like what, which one to buy. She sent me a specific one and it's not, it's not like cheap if you want to get the like drinking kind, but it is really worth it. Um, I have a matcha latte every morning and i have i also got a little 
milk frother which <laughs> if you guys don't have one highly recommend it i mean you gotta be you gotta be frothy <laughs> you gotta froth your milk you got, i mean it makes it makes everything so much better like it's fun nice um I got it from the actually the the buy nothing group that we're oh amazing. So we're in a like neighborhood buy nothing group that's awesome, and we just like get stuff, we give stuff away. It's amazing. It feels very like community like. Yeah, actually, I that's a side recommendation. Yeah, because the this buy nothing like thing is all over the country. Yeah, and they just do it on Facebook or something like buy neighborhood. Yeah, like search your neighborhood name and buy nothing in Facebook and see if there's an existing one. And it's just, it's amazing. You can like, there's all kinds of stuff that people are getting rid of or need or whatever, and you can just help each other out. And it feels like, you know, you're part of a real community, which is hard. I feel like that's really hard nowadays, like in general, but I feel like in LA, especially, especially, um, you know, you don't really feel like connected to your neighbors. So it's been amazing. Yeah, it's it's been cool, especially during the pandemic, because you're like meeting people even right, though exactly. you're not literally meeting them in person. Like I have, I haven't even seen anyone no. actually. It's just like a thing porch where they're like, up. yeah, wow. come, like hmm. I'm putting it on my porch, come pick it up. Um, and, and, and then, you know, you give and you take, so it's like, it's awesome. Um, and I got a milk frother like that. So amazing. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> I've been frothing I, everything. It's like you said, it's like that in LA even before the pandemic. Yeah, uh, That's a good way to connect with people. Even if you aren't, you know, seeing them and they're just leaving at their porch and still yeah. connecting and you're helping your neighbor essentially. So that must be really nice to do. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I had given something away and then later on when um, I was picking up something else, I realized like it was the same person that I had already. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, we're, yeah, this works out. perfectly. Yeah. Cool. I, I gave away my couch. Yeah. And then the, the uh, woman I gave my couch to, she sent a photo to the group saying everything in my, my new living room. Like she just moved to LA. Everything in my new living room was from buy nothing. Yeah. I mean, it looks <laughs> so great. Yeah, it was like all really nice stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. It's very cute. Gabe, do you have a plug you want to give? Not really. I just want to welcome my favorite player, Amanda Zowie B to the sparks. <laughs> Yay. I'm so, glad, so excited to see what you do with the sparks this season. She's amazing. She's, she's so great and so cool. Very excited for all the all the WNBA ladies. Yeah, it, it was really shaken up this year. So excited to see what happens. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thanks again to Kevin, and thank you to all of our listeners for coming on this journey with us. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. For more Dunktown content, check out our Patreon. It's Patreon.com/Dunktown. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dunktown Podcast. I am on Twitter at Echo underscore Mint and on Instagram at Agata Monica. Anastasia is on both at Anastasia Vigo. Check out our website, dunk.town. If you like the show, please write us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. We always really appreciate those. We have t-shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more available for sale at dunk.town slash store. Thank you to Andrea Tomingas for the Dunktown design, and thank you to Andrew Bear for our original music for the show. Sources and references from this episode can be found in the episode description. Bye.